It's the Paddlewoo Podcast. Dedicated to high-performance stand-up paddle surfing. Our mission is to debrief the visionaries, innovators, and athletes leading the charge to define paddle-enhanced surfing. And here's your host, Eric Antonsen. Hello, all you paddle freaks out there. Thank you very much for tuning in to episode three of the Paddlewoo Podcast featuring Justin Holland. Before we get going, I'd like to thank everyone for the incredible emails uh, over the last little bit. Keep them coming. Uh, and please send me emails with guests you'd like to hear from on the show. It's been cool to get some positive feedback on what we're doing here, though. So thank you. Um, today's guest, Justin Holland, surfs for Quicksilver, Starboard, and FCS. He is currently in the title hunt on the World Tour, uh, the Waterman League World Tour stand-up paddle surfing. Uh, today's episode, we get into gear, what he's using, boards, paddles, shortboarding parallels. He came up through the ranks as a shortboarder surfing against Mick and Bede uh, and currently attends the Hurley High Performance Center in Australia with all those guys training for SUP. And believe it or not, I believe it, he's the pound-for-pound strongest guy in there. So that's pretty incredible. Um, We discuss how the stand-up paddle surfing has helped his shortboarding and vice versa. Today's episode is brought to you by Blue Zone SUP. Blue Zone SUP is an all-inclusive paddle surf camp located in Costa Rica. Come on down and join yours truly along with Oscarmon and Rich and have an incredible week surfing in the Blue Zone of Costa Rica. We do a little bit of flat water. It's mostly a surf camp. And I think we're going to add a water skills, water safety camp as well. So shoot me an email if you think that's a good idea and we can look into doing that. BlueZoneSup.com, B-L-U-E-Z-O-N-E-S-U-P.com. Check us out and come and see us. And without further ado, Justin, thank you very much for being here on the show today. Why don't you start off uh, and give us an overview of what you've done in surfing in your life and then how you got on a stand-up paddleboard for the first time. Oh, thanks, Eric. Um, great to be here, mate. Um, yeah, well, uh, I suppose, you know, my background for a, a long time now has been has been shortboard, you know, and uh, I suppose as a younger younger guy, grommet surfing, I always dreamt of being a professional surfer, as most guys do. And, uh, yeah, I, I progressed through the junior ranks pretty well and, and had sponsors from an early age and uh, uh, competed on a, a junior Billabong Junior Series back in the sort of early days when Taj and Parko and Mick and all those guys were um, were on it and had pretty you know sort of random success you know was sitting there at number six in Australia with, with all those names at one stage and uh, then carried that on to the the World Qualifying Series and um, was kind of looking set um, to really give it a big shake up in sort of '98 sort of thing. Um, and I actually had a, an injury with my arm and it just set me back six months. So, um, yeah, I kind of, kind of took the wind out of my sails, but, um, yeah, I mean, here I am now and it's, uh, like a whole new career on stand up and, uh, you know, uh, pretty lucky that it, how it all kind of happened because it was pretty random and, uh, yeah, I'm, uh, sort of, I suppose now I, I stand up paddleboard surf, 80 percent and i uh shortboard surf 20 percent so um what got you into what was your first exposure to stand up yeah mate well uh literally you know i'd sort of seen glimpses of it um from hawaii um obviously always traveling to hawaii surfing every year and um i actually we first one of my Hawaiian friends said, I want you to come down and try stand-up paddleboarding at Waikiki. And I, we would, it was a bit of a laugh. You know, we had uh, my wife and his girlfriend at the time and my two kids. And, it, you know, it was like instantly we're on like some of these big NSP, I think they were, massive uh, tankers. And it was fun. It was novelty. And I was like, oh, yeah, okay, this is fun. But um, I actually literally had an ankle injury at the time. So it wasn't – as I was standing on it um, – it, it wasn't too bad. I thought, oh, this is okay. And I actually got back to Australia and um, uh, a, a longboard legend in Australia named Ray Gleave had said to me, hey, have you seen that stand-up paddleboard surfing? And he's, I've got a board. Why don't you try it? And I said, oh, yeah, I've just tried it in Hawaii. You know, like, it's awesome. Um, but, you know, again, Waikiki flat conditions compared to Australian conditions, which can be all over the place, really hard to get out. And then you've got the big board and the paddle. It's just like it's pretty daunting. So, um, you know, I, I kind of 
I lent his board a couple of times, and that was pretty much it. I, I mean, um, Jamie Mitchell also was uh, a pretty big advocate in getting me on one. So, um, you know, after that first few times back here in Kingscliff, I I loved it. You know, it was, um, it was just so challenging, and it made me, um, I suppose, you know, look at, like, the ocean a whole different way so I, I was hooked from from day one and that was probably five or six years ago now and it's um i've still got the same board so it's um <laughs> it's pretty funny that i started on so um what yeah. was your progression of boards what'd you start out on and and how did you work down to what you're writing now yeah it was a like i said well you mean the first experience is an nsp 12 footer right <laughs> it was like like a ocean lining tanker the queen mary <laughs> and then uh just mowing people go, down <laughs> oh mowing mowing for sure i mean you know it's funny like when you're on a board that size too leg ropes become very important you know for manufacturers because those boards have got a lot of weight and if they're flying through the impact zone you want to make sure that leg rope's on tight and uh, it doesn't snap because you're going to take out a whole heap of people yeah. but um so yeah i was losing a lot of leg ropes mate at, at that stage but um no actually then i stepped onto this nine nine um i think it was just a, something that had come out of china and but it had a really nice rounded pin tail shape so it looked about five inches thick but you could actually surf it quite well um so i had that and um you know, at the time, I actually was used. I went and bought a paddle off a local guy that was importing them, and um, it was so the shaft was so flexy, and I thought that was cool. <laughs> but you know, little do we know now. You know, the stiffer the shaft, the sort of the better it is. But uh, yeah, this this thing was doing the job for for the time being. And uh, I mean, now fast forward five years, I'm on you know a seven four by seventy seventy two liters. Um, I weigh fluctuate between 69 and 71 kilograms which i think is about 155 pounds over there but uh in the u.s but uh yeah so i mean you fast forward from a 12 foot nsp to a 74 70 liter thing it's um it's a it's a big progression eh? (laughs) do you find that with uh your obsession of sup now that you tend to watch your weight a whole lot Nah, not at all, mate. Not mate at all. I could, uh, oh, mate, I could eat. You could sit me down at a restaurant. I'd eat five plates of food, and I you won't even see it in the morning. I'm just, I cannot put weight on, you know. So, um, <laughs> I, yeah, I don't even watch my weight. I don't, you know, um, I'm actually trying to put weight on all the time to bulk because yep. I'm just too light, you know. Um, which you know, you know, in Hawaii for sure, uh, big wave surfing, weight is your friend. So. You know, us lightweights are always struggling, you know, to keep the nose down and if it's a windy day, you know, so more weight, the better, mate. Must eat more hamburgers, you know. <laughs> yeah. I was just actually watching some of your videos and was watching some of your footage from Sunset, the last last season's opening tour event. How was that? Some big waves. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, it was epic. I mean, it's probably my favorite um, event all year and... Uh, I don't know, because it's at the start of the year, you know, it's kind of, um, it just feels fresh and new and, and the tour is starting again and I think everyone feels like they've got hope at maybe winning the title. So I think Sunset um, is one of those events that really has a lot of, um, you know, spark for the riders. They're, they're Everyone's fresh, everyone's been training, they've got new equipment, you know, they're hoping for that really good start and, um, you know, for me, this year in Hawaii was was um, was an awesome time. The conditions didn't really sort of play out, but um, you know I had a had a great place to stay with um, with Jamie uh, on the beach there at sunset, and uh, I could just literally walk out into his balcony every morning and check the waves and just sort of be really relaxed about the event. Which you know I suppose I made the final, so um, it kind of worked. But um, yeah, I mean. Like I said, sunset and uh, the first event of the year is, is um, always exciting. And, you know, uh, I think Tristan did a really good job there in the Waterman League team. Um, so we're off to a good start. And uh, yep. like like I said, sunset's one of my, my favorite waves. So, um, yeah. How many years have you been on the tour? Um, I'd say this is about my fourth, probably fourth. This is my this year will be my fourth proper kind of year. Um Last year, um, I had a few family troubles at home with my father and uh, had an injury, so I, I had to pretty much write the, the back end of the year off. So, I mean, you know, this this year and probably a year or two ago were, were the main sort of attempts at trying to get the world title, I suppose. But, um, you know, 
this year I'm I'm all set and ready to go. So it's like game on. Um, <laughs> yeah. for this year the tours improved a lot in the last few years i follow it i watch a lot of the events online the production of the contest seems to be much improved are you feeling that as a yeah definitely i mean um you know tristan's definitely got a vision for the sport and for the for obviously the, the stand-up surfing and the racing but um you know i think you know if you don't get it out there then people can't sort of see and i mean in in previous times you know there's been trouble with it trying to you know, get it out online, but I think people have just got to understand sometimes it's just, you know, things happen and there's problems. I mean, I can remember a couple of years ago in France, um, on the final day we were, uh, I mean, the surf was giant. Like, I mean, you know, it was 10 to 12 foot France um, at the La Torch area. The main beach was like a washing machine and they were like, we, we, we're going to run and it's like, I said, well, mate, you'd want to have jet skis, you know, like there's no way we're even going to get out the back in 20 minutes. So, um, you know, with the internet and the live feed, we had to we had to go to down, or not down the beach. It was like, it was sort of like on the backside of the headland and up the beach about two kilometres. So I mean, when you're talking internet and logistics, there was cables actually running along the dunes, and the the, the storm surge was hitting up on the dunes. And I think I remember at one stage going out um, in the semi final against um, Kai Lenny and we were walking over internet cables, you know what I mean? Like in the water, they were, they were, you know, so, so, that, and I mean, the weather was literally, you couldn't see more than like 200 meters out to sea. So it was just one of those days, you know, and I think he's, he's definitely battling budgetary things with um, the tour as well. So, you know, he, he's doing his best to get it out there and um, make sure people at home can see what's going on because, you know, obviously um, the next event's Tahiti and I mean, Everyone wants to see what happens in Tahiti, you know. Um, so, you, you know, the webcasts are very important. Is that your favorite event, Tahiti? Or, or you said Sunset yeah. is, but... Well, yeah. With the, with the re-inclusion this year now of, of Sunset, um, of Sunset, of Chopu. Um, sorry, you know, look, I'm saying Chopu and it's actually Sapinus. It's because I'm reading the Surfline report right now as we're speaking. Um, yeah. <laughs> How's it looking? Oh man, it's it's today and tomorrow. They're going to get a swell at Chopu tomorrow. So I think um, you know, I'm looking at the long range forecast too. I think there's going to be waves for this um, event. The South yeah, Pacific's I'm, just been on fire lately. We've just been getting hammered. Yeah, dude. I think I'm looking at the long range forecast in the next sort of seven to twelve, and it, it they're definitely be you know for the start of the um, the event. I think for the trials at least, it, there could be like six solid six foot swell, maybe bigger from what I'm looking at, but, you know, it can always change. But um, getting off the get, – getting a bit sidetracked there. Sorry, I do that a lot. Um, um, they call me the frother, that's why. <laughs> um, but Tahiti, mate, is, um, you know, with the re-inclusion of Tahiti, like, it's it's funny because um, it's literally the event that I started with um, the Waterman League and trying to get on the tour. I um, Probably four years ago now, at least, I've got a pretty vague memory, but um, – you know, I'd seen I'd seen pictures in the magazines of, of this guy and this big unit of a guy, um, and he it said, you know, um, Tahitian champion or Sapinus Pro champion Australian David Muir, and I'm like, who the hell's is David Muir? You know, like, look at that wave, and I'm like, you know, stuff uh, going to some contest in two foot shore break. I'm I'm going straight to Tahiti, so I um. I took my boards and um, at the time, I, I think I was sponsored by Hobie. And uh, yeah, I, I, I pretty much turned up and said, hey, how you going? You know, I'm here for the event. What's happening? And um, yeah, I surfed the trials. I, I, I finished second to David Dorrance from Tahiti on, in that and then got put through to the, the main event. And I think I made the quarters. I'm not sure, but in the main event. And that was my first sort of attempt at the whole tour and, uh, you know, so for me, Tahiti um, is a sp- sort of special place, and I've placed third the last time it was there in the final uh, against uh, Sean Pointer won it, and uh, Paul Nike mm-hmm. was second, and Robin Johnson was fourth, um, myself third. But um, yeah, it's um, it's a special place. The people are you know beautiful people, very warm and, and loving, and everyone like likes to you know they're very competitive too. They like to see what you've got, and we're over there trying to learn how to surf the break and watch every every little trick but um yeah i mean it's it's coming up i think i leave in about six or seven days for it and um yeah it's gonna be exciting i think that the hardest thing to do on a stand-up paddle 
board surfing is getting barreled backside, especially in heavier surf. How do you approach that? Yeah, look, you've, you've, Eric, you've hit it on the head, with, like totally. Um, it's it's one of those things that um, being a natural footer, you've, I think if you don't start to try it in your home break and a beach break or whatever, you get to a reef break and you're going to be in all kinds of trouble. So, um, I mean, you know, as far as taking heavy wipeouts, I got, I, you know, learning, you know, um, I always pack a for, for Tahiti, Tahiti, um, Tahiti and, and say Hawaii. I'll, I'll always take like a wetsuit that has inflation. Quicksilver made like a uh, like a short john type deal with padded padding on the back and mm-hmm. a little bit of inflation on the legs. Um, so I, I always pack throw that in the kit. But um, you know, going backside in uh, hollow reef waves, mate. It's it's one of those things that if you, you just got to keep trying. I mean, my technique is the pig dog style. Mm-hmm. Um, I throw the paddle to my left hand um as i'm going left yeah throw the paddle to the left hand and that runs in the wall and i just literally grab the grab the rail like like when you're shortboarding it seems to work the best i've seen a couple of different techniques from um a couple of the tahitian guys actually um over there that are natural footers they put it um in their right arm and tuck it tuck it up under their right arm and sort of have their hand on the rail as well it's kind of looks kind of harder but at least the paddle's set in the center of the barrel where i know you know that the style i'm telling you about the actual paddle runs in the wall mm-hmm. um and you, you can have tendencies to get hooked up every now and then if the if the barrel kind of changes yeah um but but uh you know uh, yeah the pig dog style will be um on show mate in a couple of you know, over a week or so so i'm sure there'll be a lot of other riders that are natural doing that and the goofy footers will be paddling the barrel just told themselves getting totally shacked and we'll be there trying (laughs) (laughs) i in barrels always hold the handle in my left hand and let the paddle drag behind me front side and back side i do the same thing Um, yep yep so it's in my it's the the handles in my left hand and it's on my toe side so it kind of just drags a front side it just drags perfectly in the in the rail in the water there uh next to your rail and then back side I just it's kind of in your way when you when you get pit pinched which happens a lot to me backside it seems like take my worst donuts ever backside barrels on stand-ups I just I hit the bottom and I hit my board I don't know yeah oh, I, I, it's, it's it's funny whenever I like try like end up with the paddle in one hand I feel naked I kind of like like it's like I've dropped it mm-hmm. I'm so I've just trained myself in any condition to never let go of the paddle I mean it's like I can remember. I can remember actually a wipeout in at Sapinus in the last event when we were there a couple of years ago, and I was getting so pumped on the inside, and I couldn't. I was trapped. I could, there were sets coming, and I was getting pumped. And I just remember, oh, I just want to let go of this bloody paddle, you know. And um, in the end, I dove down and just held onto the reef and tucked the paddle under my chest, and I just, I literally was just looking up you know you're in tahiti the water's clear out and i'm just watching bombs explode over my head and i'm ducking and weaving and then it you know you'd watch the water come down and hit you you'd go up take a breath another one was coming i'd dive down hold the paddle oh. and other hand on the reef and i just i'd never let go of the paddle and every time the paddle would take you up obviously it floats but um yeah i just you know you're, you're talking about the one-handed barrel thing i just i still can't get my head around letting go it's like of the paddle with the other hand you know so yeah it's maybe it's just me but (laughs) (laughs) i find if i hold it in the middle of the shaft it'll hit me so i have to hold it by the handle i never yeah that makes it makes sense yeah Yeah. um it's something about clear water though too when you're getting pounded in clear water it's never scary right no that's it for me anyways it's like if you can kind of see what's going on we surf this just nasty black sand beach break here and when you're getting just drilled there uh yep. you don't know which way is up you can't tell what's no. going on it's just scary even though you're not yep. you're not nearly the same amount of danger you being surfing a heavy reef wave it's funny like yeah totally uh, what boards are you ringing uh what are you riding now um yeah well look i mean i did a little ex- i kind of suppose a little experiment for myself um you know, nothing too technical. Just to see, you know, like like I said a couple of years ago in um, France, I rode seven four, um, seven four starboard, and um, yeah, it it handled in like ten to twelve foot proper Hawaiian France, and it was windy, and I was like, wow, this board is amazing, it's so versatile. You know, like you can surf it in two foot Huntington and twelve foot France. You know, so I thought I'm going to try this this new board I got. 
uh, the 7.4. 7.4 seven seven by? Uh, 25 and a half. And yep, how many so liters is that? That's a 78 liter board? Yeah, 78 liter. Yep. yep. So I, I, I thought I'm going to try this board at sunset. Um, so uh, on a big day. And you know what? It, dude, it was literally, um, I mean, it wasn't a windy day, Garrett, like give it that. But, um, you know, this, that board handled a 10 foot day at sunset like it was, it was built for it. So I, I kind of, I've got to say, the 7.4 for myself is nearly the all-round go-to board for myself in any condition. So that board's definitely coming. Um, but we're, we've been working on our new 7.7 um, with uh, Sven and, and Matt over there at, uh, in Thailand for the, for the range. And uh, so I'm, I've got one of those. So I'll be taking that 7.7 over. It's um, 7.7.26. Not too sure on the leaderage at the moment. I've got two to test, um, but I think you know where we're heading with it. Um, a lot of people are going to be very interested in it um, can, um, compared to the the uh, 2015 version now. So I'm taking two of those, and that's pretty much it. I'm uh, I'm not taking anything bigger. Um, I'm just going to rely on if the big the bigger day comes that the the seven sevens are going to uh, paddle me, you know, into the wave early enough. It's it's one of those waves that. You know, you, you definitely need to get on early and be under the under the wave. But the problem is, once you're on the wave, you don't want a big board. So, oh yeah, I want to make sure that I'm not. You know, I haven't got like an an eight ten trying to traverse through it. I can't. You know, if it's mid size, it'll be a it won't be a big hollow barrel. It'll be kind of more of an almond type barrel. So you've really got to thread your thread your way through it. So um, yeah, yeah that, I'm I'm not really going to take big boards this time. So. Yeah, hopefully it pays off. <laughs> set up, yeah. You set them up as thrusters. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm off. Mate, it's a funny story. I just changed to quads, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm a thruster man through and through. So um, I, I think I'll first try the thrusters, and then you know, I mean, a lot of the top guys now are, are changing their fins up a lot. Kai's on on um, quads a lot. Uh-huh. Um, so I did I did uh, dabble with quads in the last couple of weeks, um, which is pretty funny. Um, what sets? You write for, uh, do you have a fin yeah, sponsor? Right, yeah, right for F- FCS, mate. Yep. So, um, you know, the the guys have really looked after me over the last couple of years. And, um, yeah, I look, I, I'm, I'm trying all kinds of different fins, mate, all the time. Um, no one Pacific. I was riding Fanning's um, MF1s there for a long time. Um, but with the quad set, I wouldn't say I've got a – there's a set that I just – you know, it's like an actual quad set. I just – experiment a little bit with um smaller back ones and and say you know a thruster the the two fronts from a thruster set but Mm -hmm. um i know it definitely um it's you know everyone knows how a quad works um it it gets a lot of speed but yet um i suppose when you're really coming hard off the bottom they can tend to sort of slide a bit so exactly um you know in hollow waves you want speed but then this wave at Sapinus, it's definitely one where you've got a bank off the bottom and you can actually get a turn in. So it's, it's going to be interesting for everyone over there. I think um, the smarter guys will be playing with their fins and, and the not-so-smart will be, you know, not knowing what we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I tend to find that front side, I can control the quad a little bit more on that bottom turn than I can backside. Backside, I tend to kind of lose it a little bit more. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, you can't. You can't. Sometimes, I mean, and it definitely depends on the wave. You can't get the squirt out of the um, out of the uh, the quad that you can out of a thruster. You know, a thruster mm-hmm. drives off the bottom and gives you that projection out of your bottom turn in a in a smaller tight wave compared to, you know, the the quad kind of. You really try and exert some pressure on it. and It kind of doesn't get get you where you want to. You know, with with power, with with speed and power. So I I tend to use thrusters a lot, but. Um, yeah, it, it'll be interesting. What's your process like with Starboard for new boards? How much uh, design uh, feedback do you get to be a part of? Oh, look, it's pretty much all the time. Um, there's constant threads going on emails between myself, um, Sean Pointer, Zane, um, Giorgio Gomez, you know, Izzy, uh, Connor. Yeah, we're, we're always, there's always a thread going on uh, fin design, fin placement, concaves, um, rail templates, you know, rockers. Um, I mean, honestly, it, it's, you know, the team at Starboard, um, Scotty McKercher, uh, for one, and 
and Matt Rizal and Sven, they um they never sleep. Those guys, they're constantly trying to um, improve the boards and you know right down to you know the last little thing. And I mean, I think that's why they are one of the best uh, brands in the world and for, the, for their quality and stuff. They they never sleep. You know, we'll get emails about um just simple little things that sometimes you're just like you're really tired and you're like. Oh, what, what, they want to know how that goes on this board, and you're like, you know, it's your job, so you're obviously obligated to give your most. But um, you know, it's a testament to them because, um, gosh, it's like it, it literally, mate, never ends. It's and and you know that's the good thing too because when we develop a board, we all, um, you know, if we go on a trip, we may take a couple of new prototypes that they're trying to out for the new range, and um, we all have a go on it, and then it's just, you know. One guy likes it, the other guy doesn't. Then Izzy likes something about it, and you know what I mean. It's like hilarious sometimes. There's arguments, and then there's not arguments, and then you know we all go, oh yeah, okay, we like that about it. So it might be one point that we like about the board, but you know you put all those moments together, and that's how you develop a board. You know that's best for everyone. So uh, it's pretty fun. You know it's um, it's exciting. So it's great to be a part of. What know? do you think about the longboard fin box that the starboards generally come with? Are you a fan of that? Well, this has been a big, big um, topic the last sort of six months, actually. Um, I'm sure. Yeah, uh, we uh, they had a bigger box in um, in previous years, and I, you know, I actually liked that um, you could like I like to move my fins around a bit, so the bigger box was was good for me. Um, but in saying that, I think um, I'm not too sure on the dimensions, but the the bigger box that they've had in previous years was probably too big. So they, they we all talked about, um, you know, the, the, the first comment was that obviously they're going to start using FCS2, all the plugs, the system. And um, on the pro boards, they wanted to, um, the central back fin, they wanted to just have a fin placement for a standard fin and that was it. And I was, um, you know, I'll pretty much throw myself under a bus here, but I, I was one of the guys that was like, listen, I'm not really going to be that happy with that. Um, I think we still I, – I move my back fin a fair bit for different conditions, mm-hmm. and I think you've got to be able to give people a little bit of room to move their fin up and down on the back. On the back. Um, so, you know, a couple of the other guys didn't agree with me, and, um, you know, I, I'm pretty sure they've gone to a smaller um, box fin now. Well, that's what I've got in my boards. I think it's a 10-inch or it's a bit smaller. Um, uh box fin but it still allows me um to move my back fin um up and down for certain conditions and i think the more you know the subsurfers out there start experimenting with their fins they'll find that the boards um perform you know totally different so you know moving a fin an inch up or an inch back can do wonders in different type of surf so um i uh yeah i'm, I'm happy with what what they've done i mean some guys mightn't be but you know, if you get that back fin placement wrong on a board, you're stuck with it. You know it what I mean? It the so, board, for sure. Yeah. So the only complaint that I have with that is it's just, yep. it really limits your fin choices unless you buy the adapters. I buy these, I buy adapters and then basically uh, epoxy fiberglass in fins into the adapters so I can use them. But then you kind of, yep. you know, exclusively have to use that set of fins on a stand-up from that point forward. Yeah. You well, did the same I mean, thing? No. Um, no? Got some ex- exciting news for you there, Eric. There's actually, we're in, um, it's, 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 it's coming very shortly. There's, I use them at the moment. Um, it is literally a click-in back fin for a box adapter. So it's FCS. Um, you just, it'll have the two pins at the front. So you, like normal, put your, you know, like a longboard fin, mm-hmm. put, your, put your fin in and it's, um, it just clicks straight into the box. So you can actually... You don't need the adapter anymore. Mm-hmm. It um, has a little wheel at the back, uh, on the back part of the fin, on the on the base. So you, you slot the fin in like a normal longboard fin, and I just, you know, obviously move it to where I want it, and all I do is click it down into the box, and that's it. Oh, so, that's epic. That's a really good idea. They're, they're, they're about to come out. I'm pretty sure. I've had this thing for about the last six months so and tested it in Big Sunset, and um, it, it hasn't come out ever. And, um, you don't lose yeah, any so drive with it. It doesn't loosen up no, the fin a little bit. It's mate. You wait. You get. I'll, if if I come over there one day, I'll bring you one shortly. It's it's the best the best thing you'll see, mate. And nice. They'll they'll start probably 
Um, I, I, I mean, look, I can't speak for um, for America, but I know um, you know they'll probably start bringing out a little range that'll be like it. So you'll buy the set of fins, and the back one will will just click straight in. And um, yeah, it's one of those. I mean, I got to say, those adapter things just give me hell. You know, like the sometimes the fin would work loose, and you you know, so yeah. they've come up with a better idea that's actually incorporated into that fin. And uh, I'm, I'm pretty news. sure. Yeah, it's coming soon. So, <laughs> <laughs> the, actually, there's what? one there's one other problem that I have with Starboard, and that is that I can't get one. Um, the, <laughs> okay. the distributorship in 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 the states right now, and you should talk to some folks. Th- mm. There's there's no shorter boards in stock. They, I guess they've sold everything out from last year's run. Um, yeah, right. So I'm on a waiting list for a seven four and a seven seven. Um, yeah, right. With the distributor right. there, but. I've got like a bunch of buddies that want to buy them too. The the, the carbon fiber wow. boards there are so uh, yep. durable. Oh, they're they're great, mate. I, mate, I, I literally this is this is another funny story. I literally um, again this is another Tahiti story. I um, when I did cross from Hobie to Starboard, um, I actually hadn't ever ridden a Starboard, so I turned up to Tahiti and what, with no boards. <laughs> and just go, oh, okay, what's, what am I going to ride over here, you know? Like, it was scary. Like, I mean, you go to a reef break and you're just, you're at the mercy of, of a new board brand and what they think you can ride, you know? And um, I think it was actually an 8.0 by 28. It was, you know, looking back now, it's actually my, um, my wife's board. She still rides it. But um, the, the funniest thing about it was I actually rode this wave and I was coming in and I kind of got caught on it and it went dry. And, and like the reef just popped out and I'm like, it was right before the event and I'm like, oh mate, I am not going to cut my feet up. So I actually just rode it straight up onto the reef like, <laughs> okay, okay, let's test out this starboard theory that these things are like the strongest boards in the market. So I literally rode this thing like up the kanji on the reef stepped and literally stepped off like a princess onto the rock, onto the reef. And not a scratch, and I'm like, all you could hear was like, you know, you know, boards sound like going up the rocks. Oh. Like, <laughs> and I'm like, right here, I've just ripped the bottom off my board here, and I turn it over, and literally, I had a couple of like, not even like deep scrapes, just like scuffs, and I'm like, are you serious? Like, you know, like a normal glass board, you'd look at it, and it, it, it you look at them, and they they fall apart. You know, this thing literally ground up the reef. And my fins were a little bit chunked up, but the board, no damage. And I was like, well, okie dokie, you know, this is, these guys are for, for real, you know. So, um, and I, I really haven't had too much trouble at all with, with my, all my boards. I mean, I know there has been a bit of trouble with, with um, you know, every board brand with some of the carbons in recent times. But I, I still yet have not done anything major to a board, which I'm, I'm kind of stoked with because, you know, when you get a good board, you want it to last. So, I suppose that's the good thing about starboards. You know. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. Um, who inspires you surfing on tour right now? Who, who are some of the guys that you think are leading the charge and you know high performance surf, excluding yourself? Yeah. Um, you know, look, you can't go past Kai Lenny at the moment. I mean, um, the guys. You know, an amazing stand-up paddleboard surfer. He's an amazing surfer and waterman. I suppose you know as well but um i suppose he's his um enthusiasm in heats and you know his progression on the sup is 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 probably the number one guy why i'm i'm still around you know trying to trying to beat him you know but um you know you look at um someone like kai vaz as well for his sheer tenacity and and um you know he just seems to get results he's so consistent you know in in a lot of a lot of different ways so he he's definitely right up in there and I mean, a guy that I'm really impressed with lately, and, you know, we talked about this with um, Colin McPhillips, actually, a couple of years ago, was um, for style. You know, I'm really into style as well on, on, on a sup and how you surf the board. And, you know, you, there's no point doing a million turns if you look ugly, you know, for me anyway. But um, Mo Freitas has come so far, and uh, I think his style is is right up there with a... You know, I'll only compare him to a, a young Dorian, a young Shane Dorian. Like, he has it, it's got, got something about his style that makes you want to watch him surf, you know? Mm-hmm. So, Mo's definitely, I mean, now that he's got, um, I know you spoke, I think, to Pat Rawson yep. just recently. Um, you know, he's got someone like him in his in his court 
making him boards. It's, it's he's going to be a guy that's going to be really hard to beat. Um, I mean, he already is, but um, he's he's definitely one. And I mean, my two teammates, um, Sean Pointer and Zane Schweitzer, I think uh, are pretty much where it's all at at the moment. I mean, two different surfers. You got Zane that's um, like just such an innovator, and I think his rail games came a long way in the last 12 months. Um, he now is just, you know, not only doing all these futuristic moves, um, he's, he's he's using his rail a lot and doing some massive power turns. And I think, you know, he could be one to watch in Tahiti for this next event. Um, yeah. And he, obviously... He yeah. might be one of the best backside surfers too, or the best backside surfer. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, he is amazing, Zane. And, um, you know, it's only a matter of time for him. You know, he's young and, and his surfing's coming a long way too. But, um you know, Sean obviously is the consummate professional, and um, he, you know, he's all about power and and uh, yeah, he, Sean's one of my good friends and and stuff. And you know, yeah, he's definitely a guy on the tour that's you, you, know, you never know what you're going to get when you go out in the water. You know, he's going to be definitely on, um, but you just never know how on he's going to be. You know what I mean? Whether yeah. he's going to be you know, scoring eights and nines or it's just sevens, but you, you just never know what he's going to throw at you. So, um, you know, they're probably my top top guys at the moment that keep keep me on my toes. I mean, there's there's guys coming from Australia at the moment. Young Kai Bates is doing a lot of innovative stuff. And, um, you know, look, there's, there's a myriad of young guys, um, Giorgio Gomez, um, Bird Roan Digger. Um, there's a heap of them, you know. You, mm-hmm. I think the tour is getting harder and harder, so... Um, for me, you know, at the moment, it's 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 really Lenny and Mo that are, are for me exciting me the most to push myself in the way I surf the board. You know. Gotcha. Yeah. What about uh, the group of kids coming up in Australia right now in your neck of the woods? Yep. How um, how stigmatized is stand up paddle surfing for those guys? Is there uh, is there a core group of kids that are that are into it? There's a few. I wouldn't say um, it's it's hard to say. I mean, like you know, my kids they surf and they surf, but they're a little younger. They're like ten and twelve. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's definitely a couple of guys. Um, you know, Australia's a big place, so it's it's up and down the coast. But there's a, a kid called Harry Muscle, and um, he's he'd be fourteen, I think, or fifteen, and he's he's right into it. Like, I mean, this kid's a good shortboarder and a longboarder, and but he is. I've seen some stuff recently of him, like, going going to the air and, you know, so it's it's like slowly spreading. Like, I know it's funny, I was, was training the other day at a, at a local break over here and um, my kids were watching and I came in and they said, oh, Dad, all the all the Grommies were like, hey, that stand-up paddleboard is shredding out there. <laughs> you know, like, so it's pretty funny to hear those kind of comments and they're from the Groms that are like 12, 13, 14, 15, so... I mean, it's gonna, it's only a matter of time um, before. I mean, obviously, you know, parents getting their kids a stand up. It's a pretty big investment, but um, yep. I think that's the thing that's probably limiting kids. I think the more that the board range, maybe the pricing comes a little bit um, more affordable for the parents to buy the kid a sup. I think that's when you'll start to see. I mean, you know what I mean, like. As a parent, if you're going to spend five or six hundred dollars on a brand new shortboard for a kid, it's only going to last. You know what I mean? Like yeah. a year or two. So you know, when you're buying a sup, it's a pretty big investment just to just to have a kid ride it for about two years and be done with it. So um, I think that's probably something that companies may want to think about. But um, you know, look, it's definitely it's there, um, but I don't think it's as prominent as say in Hawaii or or even you know um, in America. So it, we're a little bit behind you guys and everything, but um, we're getting there. Yeah. Gotcha. Do you ever take yours out at at Snapper? Uh, regularly, uh, regularly. I don't surf. Yeah, I don't surf there like a lot. But let's just say, um, okay, well, here's for an example. After the sunset event, um, there was that Kiriswell you might have seen, mm-hmm. and uh, it, I literally landed off the plane and landed straight in, into perfect snapper and perfect Kira. So um, I shortboarded for a day or two, and then I supped. And I mean, I remember one day. I, a lot of the time, I go out there with Tom Carroll. It's always good to have Tom because he um he kind of takes a bit of slack, you know. He's like there'll be like three hundred guys out, and everyone wants to talk to Tom Carroll, you know. So <laughs> he, he'll be paddling around, and I'm like just stealthily behind him, you know. And then this one comes, and you know, it's like every the, the immediate crowd of twenty guys are all trying to listen to what Tom Carroll's saying, 
and next minute, oh, thanks, take, I'll take that, you know. Like, <laughs> but um, I've, I've, I know a lot of the guys there, so um, I yeah, now regularly, I actually, it's funny, um, I don't sit out further than um, than the than the, the surfers. I I literally sit in the crowd. Um, uh, I, I I don't know if you've seen. Maybe sometimes I when I'm in a heat, I'll crouch down on my stuff, mm-hmm. like on my haunches, and um, yep. I, I do that. So what I do is I, I sit like that. So you can't really, if you're looking out from the beach, you can't tell that there's a sup out there. And then all of a sudden, I just spring up. But um, yeah, just recently I had a session where it was literally crazy town with the crowd. There was so many guys, like literally every meter there was a surfer, and I'm in there with a sup just spinning around, getting waves. And, you know, what that shows, I think, to the surfers is, that, okay, wait a minute, he hasn't got an advantage. If anything, I'm disadvantaged because I can't turn as quick as him, you know, yep. and I'm trying to balance. And that's, I, that's, I think that's a way that you gain respect pretty quick. I mean, I wouldn't advise that to everyone out there in stand-up paddleboard world. Um, but Not unless you're Justin Holland. Well, yeah. I mean, it's, look, it's definitely just a way I like to prove myself in a lineup, and that's in any way. I'll sit right in the crowd. I will remain standing most of the time um, on the crouch position and just, you know, you, it gives you a quick get up instead of just sitting down. Mm-hmm. And I think the surfers, like, kind of go, okay, so many times I get to look like, what the hell? I've never seen that before. Like, how is he doing that? And you get respect just from that. And then when they see you can surf, well, then, you, then you're sweet. So yep. I, I surf uh, out there probably, you know, when there's a swell on, I'm definitely there. But um, if it's if it's really tiny, I'm just back at my home break at Kingscliff, which is about ten minutes so away. When you crouch, are you putting both feet together up front, kind of in the uh, uh, like the, the the kid squat, or you leave one foot behind and kind of go down on a knee? Yeah, that's exactly it. One one foot's behind me. Yep. And so my my front left foot's forward, and mm-hmm. my my back right's sort of crouching back, and my my actual kneecap actually rests on the rail, so it's mm-hmm. really like a quarter. A sort of tear your tear your crutch to pieces maneuver there, but um, <laughs> it's um, and then I use the paddle out to the right side yep, as, a, to balance. as just a just a balance as a yep. lever. And um, don't get me wrong, it's it's you know I've definitely it's not an easy thing to do. No, um, it's not at all. Do it. You can do it a couple of minutes at a time, and then you've got to kind of stand up and stretch and then go back down. But it's definitely a, it's definitely a cool way to sort of go unnoticed if you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. um in the in the lineup so yep. that, that always helps relations <laughs> i like at beach breaks i like to be inside of everybody because you can take yep. off on all the ones that get through and you just catch a ton of waves and i'll do two or three yep. waves on the inside and then i'll paddle out and i'll get one real one and then i'll do a couple on the inside i do that a lot yeah it keeps it keeps you know it keeps the mood everyone's kind of like not you're not in their face standing out like a siren on your head going hey i've got the next wave even yeah. though they you know so i, I totally agree with that yeah yeah. Sure. It's good. Definitely good. Yeah. But, um, so let's talk about power surfing on a stand-up, which you're quite good at, um, putting a lot of rail into the water. Do you think that you can surf more powerful on a stand-up? And this will go into another discussion, kind of stand-up surfing and parallels to shortboard and how far that goes. But do you find that you can surf harder on a stand-up than on a shortboard? Yeah, it's, it's a good question, Eric. Um, I, I was actually talking to a mate of mine in Hawaii about this just recently, and um, I, I actually believe that you can actually get more, like, I mean, the paddle, you can get so much leverage out of the paddle um, that it actually, you can actually turn harder I on, agree. A, on a, a high-performance stuff than you can on a shortboard. And yep. I suppose that's one of the things that really challenges me, you know, um, about surfing a sup is that, I do like to put it on a rail, and I want to feel that you know, there's nothing better than just racing down the line, seeing a massive section and banking, throwing the paddle to your inside. So obviously I'm a natural footer going right. Throw the paddle to the inside and just literally like a compass, like just turning that board so hard, and the, the paddle obviously holds you and draws you that nice arc and just driving it straight back around into the pocket. I mean, for me... There is no better feeling um, when done correctly, but um, I, yeah, I definitely think that you know you can definitely get more leverage on a sup when done properly. And I mean, you know, I, I just, I, you know, like I said, I surf with Tommy Carroll a little bit, and you know, I, I the way I try and you know surf my sup is sort of you know Taylor Knox, Tom Carroll, Tom Curran, mm-hmm. uh, younger guy back in the day, Shane Herring in Australia, just really just ripping big rail turns and 
you know that kind of surfing so um it's uh it's definitely challenging and and i think the paddle throws the whole new um versatility into actually thinking about how you you look at a wave on a sup when you're surfing it so it allows you it allows you to commit your rail to a much higher degree because you have leverage to stand back up when it's all over exactly and you can and you can lean on that thing and it it can guide you it can be act as a balancing thing i mean Mm -hmm. the paddle paddle is such a unique tool that i think a lot of people overlook you know and they don't they don't use it correctly so it's um yeah where do you cut your paddles uh yeah i've I've stuffed around with this for a long time (laughs) i'm pretty I'm, i'm pretty set now um it's probably an inch taller than myself that's it really not it not even yeah it's i can't I, I found i did try i actually seen antoine del perro at one of the isa games once and he had one that was literally at about his chin height and uh-huh. i'm like wow so i tried it and oh well that was a waste of a paddle shaft wasn't it because really do that thing yeah i couldn't do it oh i love like I, see, I, I cut him at nose height colin cuts him i think he said two inches shorter than he does and he's just wow. dropped down about three inches he, he was an yeah. inch taller than he is and now he's two inches shorter man um, I'm, I'm behind the game here you guys are like schooling me on this paddle thing. now I, I honestly i tried one at like chin height and i was it was the worst feeling i've ever had how long did you I, give it uh, you know probably two or three sessions really and i mean i could i could feel it instantly that i it felt like i'd cut my leg off my, <laughs> my arm off that I, I didn't have enough paddle so i'm back i'm i'm literally at the moment back to um it, it, you probably say head high yeah, it, it, the height that I stand is the height of my paddle. I can't go any shorter than that. I'm just, I don't know why. I just, I like I said, I wrecked one paddle shaft. I cut it off, and then I was like, right, throw that one away because I'm not <laughs> using that again. But um, I think the kids actually used it as a paddle. Nice. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I, that's where I'm at at the moment anyway. But um, you know, uh, I'm pretty hard on paddles too. You know, so it's you use the starboard paddles. Yeah, I use the starboard paddles. I'm a bit of a destroyer. Like, I, I was just in a contest in Western Australia, actually, um, and uh, over – it's a reef break, uh, uh, Rottnest Island, it's called. Beautiful island off the coast of WA, and um, it's a, a surf break called Strickland Bay, and, uh, you know, it's just reef everywhere. And, you know, you're, you, you, after a wave you finishes, you're paddling back out. It's literally a foot deep, and you're grinding your fins, and my paddle, mate, oh, my God. <laughs> Brand new paddle came back looking like something out of Jaws. Just was just chunks everywhere. Like I'm just, you know, there's no paddle for the preservation. I'm just jamming it, trying to get out of that inside. And it's just all you can hear is boom, bang, crack, ping, boom. <laughs> no, but as long as I, as long as the uh, the body doesn't sustain any big cuts, mate, that's that's the preservation for me. <laughs> that's I, why I got tough a tough equipment, you know. So yeah. Uh, I actually, yeah. I, I've broken a lot of paddles, and one of the ones I broke, I, I cut down from my daughter and spliced it back together, and it's got to be about, I don't know, rib height on me, and yep. I'll paddle that every once in a while, and I think if it yep. wouldn't hurt my back so much, I'd go way shorter on a paddle. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, right. Um, I, I, I just can't, I can't do it. I don't know why. I just, maybe it's in my head, but at the moment, I just can't go shorter, and I, I, I think it's something I just haven't really I, I know it sounds funny but just haven't had the time to go okay let's really give this thing a week go and get used to it it's more mm-hmm. like nah that's kind of hurt my back straight up i'm not doing that gotcha I'm done yeah oh, i wonder how much physiology comes into that i'll ask eric like it, i've got a guest coming on in two weeks who's um spine specialist yep. i'll i'll remember yeah. to write this question down for him uh, eric ask eric <laughs> yeah yeah eric asked eric <laughs> yeah funny so uh, you train at the Hurley High Performance Center uh, along with yep. everybody in Australia who's yep. anybody in surfing. What's that yep. experience like? And do they do they look look at you a little different being on a sup or is it is it all good? Uh, yeah, no, kind of. No, not really. You know, it's um, like I said, a lot of these guys are competed against as a junior and, yep. and on the QS. So um, yeah, we all know each other. Um, they think it's they look look a lot of the guys follow it. You know, it's it's interesting though that they follow it. They, you know, if, if you're going well, they're giving you a good message on Instagram. If not, they're not. <laughs> but um, you know, it's it's you know they they look at it like they're pretty interested in how it's starting to develop pretty quick. And um, you know, it's yeah, the, the center's like a most unbelievable place you'll ever be for surfing. I think in the world, um, it's got 
the head head scientist or you know strength and conditioning coach Jeremy Shepherd there that you'll probably see every now and again in the background working with Parco and um, and B Derbage mainly and Julian now uh, Julian Wilson um, at the WSL contests um, he travels with them a lot but um, he's got a team of uh, sports guys there and they've got. Um, you know, it's a big building with um, gyms and, uh, you know, massive kitchen, eatery areas. they got all the, the offices um, for the coaches, um, obviously the strength and conditioning coaches and then the actual surf coaches. So they all kind of collaborate. So it's like a real team um, environment down there. And you can literally, you know, you turn up there and you do your set and you train and a lot of it's based around strength, um, explosive strength for, you know, obviously surfing. And, um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's not a lot of crew that get the opportunity and um, Surfing Australia gave me the chance a couple of years ago and um, oh, I just jumped at it, you know, and um, and it, it's been great ever since, you know. It's helped me out definitely, like I'm 38 now and not getting any younger, but, you know, like it's all in your head. And my, at one stage there, um, I think it was last year or the year before, um, it's a funny little fact, I was the um, – you know, body to weight ratio, the strongest guy there, you know, so because they do a lot of testing and stuff. And it was just, it was hilarious that, um, because, you know, I'm the oldest bloke there and, you know, I'm not a big bloke by any means, you know, but, it, you know, the training was paying off, you know, yeah. so. Well, um, and, I, and I also don't think it's surprising at all that the stand up pro is the strongest. Yeah, it's you funny. Know? I mean, and I think what they forget is like, you know, um, you're standing constantly and you're paddling. Mm-hmm. So your whole body is um, engaged the whole time. Where surfing, your upper body laying down and then that gets a bit of a rest and then you go to the lower body when you're surfing. Um, so, I mean, with stand-up, it's, you know, I had a session yesterday with my coach and I did five 20-minute heats in a row. Wow. In, yeah, in small surf, back to back to back. And... Um, and, mate, I was literally gagging by the end of it. I mean, it wasn't – we'd come in and talk for about two minutes on what he wants me to do next, and we'd go back out. But that that, that five 20-minute heats, I was definitely like – came in at the end of it, and I said, dude, that really hammered me. And he's like, good. <laughs> <laughs> you need it. You need it for Tahiti because one wipeout can see, mate, send, send you uh, into the stratosphere seeing stars. So <laughs> Yeah. You know? It's pretty funny. But, um, yeah, look, mate, the, the HPC Centre is, um, you know, uh, such a good thing. And I think you'll start to see more and more of them around the world as far as, like, you know, mightn't be the uh, – you know, this place is, is funded by the government here in Australia. So the um, they get a lot of federal federal backing. And, um, obviously, Hurley um, uh, are big at putting their money where their mouth is. And uh, I know Bob's been over a few times and checked it out. But, um you know, which is great. And then they've obviously got, you know, FCS is one that um, they've got this boardroom where they have, you know, all the short boards and you've got, I think you've just got, they've got Mayhems and DHDs. They've just got racks and racks of like brand new boards, all different sizes. And then every fin known to man on the FCS range. And you can literally just go in and you can test different boards. You know what I mean? Like it's, wow. it's amazing. It really is. And I mean, I suppose for, for us at stand up paddleboarding, you know, having myself in there, at the Virgin sort of stage of this centre. It's only been running for the last two or three years. You know, I suppose it's planting the seed for the future as well with um, paddling. So mm-hmm. it's got a pool and uh, we do stuff in the pool as well. So, you know, you jump in with your stand-up and you're, you've got um, things strapped to you with computers and they're testing everything, mate. So it's, it's pretty exciting. And, uh, you know, I suppose with uh, the current sort of standings, you know, B Derby just made the final in um, Brazil in the WSL. So Surfed it's incredible. It's paying off, mate. Yeah, you can definitely see what they're doing is working. So, yeah, stoked to be a part of it, eh? Yeah, that's that's incredible. That's an experience I wish you could buy, you know. It'd be fun to be able oh. to go and do that. Well, you, you actually can. You can, can you? do that. You can actually do a camp for a week or they do, they're doing it all the time. Yeah, you can actually, you know, pay and go and stay at the centre and just live, eat, breathe surfing. And it's it's pretty cool. So you should maybe get on their website for anyone out there. And if you're ever looking for a trip to Australia and you want to do something nice. pretty pretty different, yeah, it's HPC. I'll yeah. throw the link to that in the show notes so that everybody yeah. can check that out. Yeah. Um, how much time do you spend on a on a stand up now versus on a shortboard? 
Yeah, um, I'd say it's it's eighty twenty now, which is pretty crazy. I don't think, didn't ever think it'd be like that, but um, it, it's probably eighty percent on a sup and twenty percent on a shortboard now. I mean, I've kind of um, you know, like I still big wave surf on shortboards, you know, mm-hmm. like so. I'm always still trying to keep fresh for that. But I mean, at the end of the day, surfing, surfing for me. So, you know, whether I've got the paddle or not the paddle, I'm still out there surfing. And um, so, you know, if I transition off a sup onto a shortboard, the only real thing I've got to watch is I've got to back off the power mm-hmm. um, in, in my turns. Now, I, I've found that it's given me so much more power in my shortboard surfing that when I go up to the lip, if I go at it with the same mentality that I'm on a sup, I tend to blow myself back through the lip. Yep. So now I just actually, I nearly 60, 60% surf yep. a shortboard to its capacity because it's the, the strength that stops just giving me is amazing. So, um, yeah, and I mean, a lot of the events now are like within a, within a couple of weeks of each other. So it's like, it's like I don't really want to get off the sup too much. Um, you know, it's just it's, sometimes it can be a weird feeling um, trying to, you know, swap and change a fair bit. So if I'm, like, coming up to an event, I'm just pretty much stand-up paddleboarding the whole time. And, um, you know, I will take a shortboard overseas with me. Like, I'll take a shortboard um, to Tahiti. So just in case I get the chance um, after the event to, to catch a couple of waves. But, um, yeah, it's mainly sup now, mate. Yeah. Do you find that stand-up and shortboarding are complementary? Do you think that your sup helps your shortboarding? Yeah, I think, yeah, definitely. I think... Yeah, um, I think so, too. Yeah, I think with a sup, you're... Um, you know, I suppose the challenging part for me with a sup is, like, shortboard surfing, you know, is very reactive, and you can... It's literally split-second reactive, but when, when you're on a sup, you've, you know, um, you've, you've got to think about the manoeuvre two seconds out because you've obviously got a wider board, a bigger board, you know, and especially in small surf to try and make a sup look smooth and, you know, actually like if a surf is watching, you go, wow, that guy's really surfing good on that sup. It, it takes a lot. So uh, I think, um, you know, that little extra thinking that I've been doing on the sup is actually helping me on the shortboard because I'm, I'm, you know, I'm actually surfing quicker on a shortboard now than I think I ever have. So um, it's definitely hasn't hurt my shortboard surfing at all and I think you know for guys out there that are looking to try stand-up paddleboarding I mean hey guys it ain't going to do anything bad for you let's just put it that way no uh, not at all you're going to be stronger you're going to see you're going to understand the ocean in a different way totally which yep, it's like, and that's one of the most fun things about getting into it for me it was just seeing everything like I was a grom again I mean I literally fell back in love with the sport of surfing and just it's all I wanted to do when I first talked on a stand-up you know what Eric and I think you know the major companies have seen that too, you know, and I mean, you get that, um, you know, when it first sort of started to be, do the revival with Laird and Dave Kalama and all those guys, it was like, um, you know, Tom Carroll was telling me he was on a trip with Dave Kalama somewhere in the early 90s on a boat trip and they were, Dave had one and that's when Tom started doing it. So he was, he's was he been doing it like back in the 90s, you know. So, um, you know, I think those older guys um, that sort of, have you know been pushed off their shortboard with their age and their injuries and then the longboard's even getting a bit much you now see them on subs i mean it's i don't think there's too many guys out there in the surf industry they'll tell you like i think uh that kind of age group in the sup has definitely injected the surf industry so you know there's no there's no ifs or buts on that the the surf industry has been boosted by stand-up paddleboarding with that older age of men for sure getting back in the water so um you know and they're buying wetsuits and board shorts and clothes and shirts so you know uh you know sub's, sub's done a lot for the surf industry in a short period of time so i mean i, I don't think it's a far away from um you know when ec- economic times get better that you'll start seeing some of these athletes get you know banking some big money and and the, and the paycheck's starting to go up but uh you know at the moment we're still just early days and and treading carefully, eyes closed and hands out <laughs> in, in, in the dark, mate. Just feeling our way, feeling our way through it, you know. Yeah. <laughs> We're changing gears a bit here. What's yeah, the most yeah. fun you've ever had uh, on a sup? Best sup session? Well, you know what? I I, I, I thought about this question. Uh, when you, you emailed me earlier, obviously we're not just rambling like mates here, but um, <laughs> you know, I, I kind of, um, well, we are rambling like mates, but um, a bit of both. Yeah, <laughs> hope you're all enjoying it out there. Oh, I am. I'm having a, a bit of a hoot. 
It's only, the sun's just coming up over here in Australia. So, um, no, listen, I, I, the, the contest at sunset this year, right, we had all these different conditions. You know, the first day I landed, this story's going to, it won't take too long, but I landed in Hawaii and, um, and there was a big swell coming. And obviously the contest was two or three days away and uh, Jamie Mitchell picked me up. And before I was going, I, uh, I had all my Quicksilver bloody inflatable vests and, um, and wetsuits and stuff and in the back of the car and my, my wife dropped me off at the airport. And so, like, you know, I'm packed for, like, to go and do the SUP World Tour. And then I've got this whole other kit in the back, like, should I go surf yours? You know, should I, shouldn't I, should I, shouldn't And so it's like, I'm like, right. Shelly's like, no, you're over there to win the contest. So just get over there and just stand up paddleboard. I'm like, right, that's it. So shut the door and she went off down the highway back home with the kids and, and the dog. We always take the dog to the airport and um, say goodbye to me. And uh, so off the car went with all my inflatable wetsuits and all that crap. And uh, and I get on the plane, I get over there and the first thing I see, Jamie Mitchell gets into the car and goes, Hey, hey, you seen the forecast? Yeah, it's, yours is going to be on. Yours is going to be on. And I'm like, okay, so what's the contest doing? He goes, ah, it's off for three days. Oh, and, I, and I'm like, ah, oh, well, I've got a, got a bit of bad news there, mate. I haven't got any wetsuits or vests. He's like, ah, gotcha. Don't worry. I've got, I've got, some, I've got some extra gear here. I've got boards. Don't worry. We're going. You know, because I've actually got a board over at Kai Lenny's um, a house. So, you know, the board's never an issue, but, um, yeah, Mitcho's, like, booked the ticket and uh, got all my inflatable gear. So, anyway, we went over there, and long story short, we didn't even surf, but we had a good time. <laughs> but we, we we come back. So, this is this is a pretty big story, but um, we come back. So, you know, so obviously, Sunset's had out-of-control surf and massive winds, and then the first day of the event was kind of 10 to 12 and pretty fun, and then it kind of got really windy and crappy, and then... It had a period where it literally got really small, um, and then all of a sudden it was around. Um, I think you call it President's Day over there in America, mm-hmm. and um, it was looking like sunset was going to be just super groomed, clean, ten feet. And unfortunately, you can't have an event, an event on President's Day in Hawaii, and that is really unfortunate for the tour because I woke up and sunset seriously was like ten feet, super clean. And literally from the outside takeoff zone, like a north-northwest swell, it was running through and you could literally, like, it was the longest waves I've ever had at sunset that you could just totally perform. I remember paddling out and the contest wasn't on, so every surfer was stoked. Like, I remember talking to Makua Rothman um, and he was like, hey, bro, like, what's going on with the contest? Why aren't they running it? And I'm like, mate, you guys are scored. Like, they can't have it. And he's like, oh. They should just run it. This is like all-time sunset. And I'm like, hell yeah, it is. Like, so I'm out of my sup. And um, it was funny because I waited for half an hour. The crowd was pretty gnarly. And um, the first big set came through. And um, Derek Dorner was out. And he got the first one. And I remember this next one coming. And, the, like, guys were just out of position. And I was just – this thing just reared up. And I'm like, oh. I was on the 7.4, actually. Wow. And um, I took off. And I rode this thing just, like, sort of the next way behind Derek – and just turn after turn and then come to the inside bulk. I got a bit of a cover-up, came out, and we both, like, Derek pulled off. I pulled off, like, literally next to him. And then on the next wave, McCool was on, and he pulled off. <laughs> and the three of us are sitting in the channel, like, what the hell was that? How good was that? And that's just, a you know, a recent memory of a, an insane session that just came from nowhere, popped up, and, you know, everyone was happy because the contest wasn't on. But, I mean, if the contest had been on, it would have been, you know, some insane viewing. But, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, he can't beat Hawaii, you know. So yeah, that's been one of my fun sessions to date so far. Like, I'm uh, all frothing to surf now. <laughs> yeah, man, it, it was just a funny experience. <laughs> man. Well, any any closing thoughts? Anything you want to wrap up with, Justin? No, I mean, you know, thanks for having me on the show. I mean, I think You've been uh, epic. Thank you for being on it. Oh, mate, it's a, it's an honor, and, uh, you know, I suppose, you know, what you could say about stand-up is just get out there and try it, you know. Um, I've met some of the nicest people I've ever met around the world because of stand-up paddleboarding. Um, there's there's no two ways about that, and, you know, I think it's for everyone. I mean, from the farmer in Texas who is out on his lake to the big wave charger at Jaws um, who, you know, wants to push the limits of, you know, 
of uh, SUP to, you know, the kids in the creeks to the mums on the doing yoga and, you know, it's for everyone. So that's that's the beauty of the sport. It touches, you know, everyone. Everyone can do it. Um, I don't think there's too many age groups that wouldn't be able to do it in some, some form. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like, get out there and try it and, uh, you know, obviously – Please keep keep watching the the stand up world tour because uh, this next one next event you know I think is going to be a cracker and uh, you can see some of the best guys in the world obviously uh, showing you what you can, what is actually possible on a uh, high performance sup so uh, yeah thanks again from down under over here and uh, yeah we'll talk again sure soon yeah man this has been epic I appreciate it uh, I'll throw in the links to the stand up contest and we'll follow you I'll get this up hopefully before the contest starts so everybody can uh, can listen while they watch it'd be epic yeah that'd be great mate no worries great alright Justin thank right. you very much alright mate take it easy I'll talk to you again soon alright cheers see you mate